Welcome to 5 and 5 with Miller and Mango, your go-to source for all things finance with a twist of culture infused into every episode. Join your hosts, seasoned financial professional Miller and marketing maverick Mango, as they discuss five of the latest market and cultural trends and help you instill common sense into the ever-changing landscape of finance, all within five minutes. It's time to dive into the numbers, unravel market mysteries, and discover the strategies that matter. Welcome to 5 and 5 with Miller and Mango. Hello and welcome to 5 and 5 with Miller and Mango, the podcast that covers five financial topics. We provide five hot takes in five-ish minutes. I'm your host, Mike Manganello, here with my co-host, Miller Hoffman. Miller. What's up, man? Good morning. We are fresh off of Super Bowl Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, this past weekend, and the Chiefs took it, just like we said we thought they would. Yes, we will will get into that, and it's also as we're recording uh, Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Right back at you. Let's do it. Um, AI frenzy, as NVIDIA for the first time is briefly ahead of Amazon in market value. What is next for AI? What, what, What is this? This is pretty big. I think if you ask the general market right now, the sky is the limit. Uh, it seems to be the the buzzword. A lot of really pretty much every public company is using at this point, from Walmart to NVIDIA to Amazon and, and Google. What's interesting is this, Mike, as we're looking at the size of NVIDIA at this point, not just compared to the other giants, the Apples and the Googles and the Amazons of the world, but when comparing them to actual countries, did you know NVIDIA alone is larger than the GDP of Italy. It's larger than the GDP of Brazil. It's larger than the GDP of Canada and Russia. Not all combined, but as individuals. So when we talk about a trillion-dollar-plus valued company, we're talking about a mega company that covers millions of people and thousands of miles of territory that these countries do. Think of all the output that a country in, involves. Wow. Um, a couple of these select American companies are larger yeah. than countries when we compare GDP, which is our best uh, yep. way to measure now. But just the sheer size of that I is mean, mind-blowing. That scares me, actually. Yeah. That actually <laughs> frightens me. It's a little scary. Yeah, we're seeing these major companies make up a large chunk of the American stock market, too. Okay. So. As these companies do really well, America does well, but the downside may be uh, present there too. We, we will see. Okay. Something to look out for. Something to watch. Good stats right. though. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Number two, as I mentioned, happy Valentine's Day to all our listeners, but we have some sad news. Just recently, I read that uh, coca prices, so what they make in chocolate, are soaring like everything else out there. Um, will that affect if you, if you have some chocolate on Valentine's Day? Not sure, but I do want to ask you. What are some tips you can give to our listeners on, obviously, inflation in day-to-day goods? Mm-hmm. What can we do about that? I don't know if there's much you can do about the actual price on uh, for the good on the shelf, but consider this. Here's a, a misnomer here when it comes to inflation. Inflation is really charted as a rate of change. So when we see in the news that inflation is going down, that doesn't mean the price of the box of Cheez-Its on the shelf is going down. It means the rate in which it is increasing in price is going back down or back down to normal and what we're expecting for. Um, But cocoa is an interesting example there in, in particular. We view that as a commodity. 
So when we talk about different kinds of commodities, orange juice, soybeans, even sweet tea is considered a commodity and is actively traded on the American and international markets. So, Mike, we tend to see commodities wax and wane here in terms of when they get high in price versus back down, but never really increasing in price for a longer um, point in, in time. So compare that with NVIDIA, let's say, yeah. or Amazon. We expect that as investors to increase over time. Got it. Not so much with commodities. We expect there to be heightened times yep. and then lower times in value, but it kind of oscillates between those two, not really ever um, adding to its value, yeah. right? Cocoa beans don't employ people. They don't make widgets. There's no cash flow. But so they're delicious. See them, but they're delicious <laughs> and expensive right now is what it sounds like. <laughs> that's helpful, especially a point about inflation. I think there is this misnomer that that's what it means. So I think that's a good tip as well. Yeah, if, if Cheez-Its are, I'm using them as an example. Let's say easy math, $10 a box. I know they're not, but let's say, don't expect them to go to the store tomorrow and to see $5 yeah. on them. Um, Cheez-Its are a little smarter than that, <laughs> marketing-wise. So consider that. All right. So we are middle of February, obviously in North Carolina. It's about to be 60 today, uh, which means it's almost springtime. What springtime really is, it is... Um, home buyers are looking to sell or buy homes. So the season is upon us. Mm -hmm. How should people start prepping to buy or sell a home in today's economy? I feel like we've talked about housing so Bunch, much in, yeah. in 2024 and in 2023, and, and rightfully so. It's been such a big, big topic. It is funny to me to see the spotlight housing has been put on and then the reactions to politicians on both sides. It includes everyone, so not a political statement, but... There was such a push to raise rates to, to lower inflation, and now there's a big push to try to drop them or lower them down. And what I think a lot of people would hoping uh, or would hope for is the home price to also drop as a yep. result of that. So I think we saw the opposite of that during COVID, right? We saw rates go shoot rock bottom, and uh, that really start the, the housing frenzy. But now we're trying to see that again, just at a more steady level. Um, so in terms of advice, I love the aspect of, of the article where it's telling people do not wait. If your plan is to purchase a home, certainly there will be better times than not, mm -hmm. but you're depending on variables that you have no control yeah. over. So careful, diligent, and intentional planning around your timeline and your desires has to come before the housing market is good or not. Yeah, um, Especially point. treating it as a primary residence. If you're an investor out there and want to sit on your cash, I mean, you certainly have the power to do it. Yeah. Um, but I'm a life first kind of guy I agree. and that has to make up for something. That's what my parents told me when we purchased our first home. They said, purchase the home you want to live in. Don't purchase it to make money off of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And well said. That holds it true. Yeah. And there's never a good time. The right time is when you're ready. That's right. <laughs> it, it's similar to watching the stock market e each day or the gas station, right? Yeah. Should I get gas today or roll the dice and see if do it's more Do you look at the expensive? gas station? Because I do, because I pass it every day. I do. And mine went from about 285 to 315 in two days. Really quickly. Yep. yep. Really yeah. quickly. Uh -huh. Same thing for, for us, but the decision's still the same, yeah, right? Do I, I guess. Is, is $2.85 the best deal I'm going to get? Yeah. Should I wait? Should I do it now? Don't fall into that uh, the, the fallacy there of thinking we can judge what the price may or may not be yeah. um, in that shorter time. But All right, like I mentioned, let's go to a quick Super Bowl recap. What did you think of the game? What did you think of the halftime show? And any uh, advertisers advertising sent out for you? 
I think the majority of people walked away from the game thinking it was a great one. I mean, it was close. It was competitive. It featured all-star talent um, in crucial moments where mistakes just could not be allowed and win at the same time. I think I may be in the minority here of the halftime show. It didn't offer some of the theatrics that other performers had in, in the past, but I thought it was great. Although I'm not a huge entertainment guy and, and fan, I thought it, it hit what I was looking for. A lot yeah. of songs that were recognizable and people that I recognize. So it seems like they had a good time without some of the you know, fanfare that we've seen in, in the past. But curious of your thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I thought the game started slow, but I think after halftime it really picked up. And two, two be- obviously two best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Over time, I thought it was great. Halftime show, um, I thought it was a little flat. You know, I do like Usher. I only recognize a handful of his songs. Um, There wasn't the theatrics, which I kind of expected. I like the roller skating and stuff like that, but I expect more. And then I watch a lot of the ads. Obviously, I thought the Dunkin' Donuts one with Ben Affleck and um, Matt Damon and and Tom Brady was great. It was great. I thought the the Kawasaki one with um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the mullet, (laughs) first time advertiser, is great. And then I think the most surprising, which... um, which reading through the articles, Timu uh, spent about $21 million on uh, three ads. And they're basically just a, you know, uh, another Amazon, but much, much cheaper. So there is some controversy about how much they were spending to try to get people's attention. Right. Right. And ads that were very similar to each other. There was no creativity that I saw. Yep. Um, So interesting, quite a big price tag for, uh, not that exciting of an ad. Now it's just sad that there's no football for a couple months, but let's not talk about I that. Know. We do have March Madness right around the corner, we though, do. so that's going to keep us alive. All right, everybody's favorite uh, topic. Explain to me like a fourth grader, and this is a hot topic, especially in the, in the industry that we work in. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me how financial advisors get paid? I sure can. The frustrating answer is it depends. So let's dive into what it depends on. This is a question you should ask any financial professional that you're working with. And if they can't explain to you in one or maybe two sentences exactly how they're compensated, that may be a red flag for you to consider. There's two main uh, camps here when we look into compensation for advisors. One's called fee only and the other is fee based. Fee only includes certain uh, pricing schedules like an assets fee. So how much money you have with an advisor, they will typically take a percentage of that on a yearly basis, um, which is the most common way we see in our industry um, being used right now. But fee only would also include a flat fee. So we just introduced that here on the trade wind side of just having a flat, like a project based fee, and it would include hourly as well. That's easy for us. It's easy to communicate. Clients understand it. It's no fun in games. You see exactly what what it is. Um, Fee-based may be a little different. So fee-based includes all of the fee-only models plus the C word being commission. Um, So some advisors still make a good chunk of their money off of selling you insurance policies or certain types of investments or transacting in your account. That commission space is where the waters get a little muddy, if you were to ask my personal opinion, and conflicts of interest tend to um, come to a head a little bit quicker than in the fee-only space. Um, Doesn't mean all fee-based advisors are bad, quote-unquote. It just means, I think for me, take a second or third look into exactly how they're compensated and what is in your best interest first. 
So aligning how your advisor or any financial professional is compensated with your interest is definitely something to consider, whether you've been working with this guy or gal for 20 years, yep. or you're just now starting the journey of finding someone to, to partner with. Okay. So uh, ask up front, um, full transparency, so you know what you're getting into before you're forging a relationship with them. Absolutely. If it's a long, drawn-out story of how they put money in, in their pocket and be a little weary. Yeah. Uh, weary, rather. Um, but yeah, asking, asking the question up front, I think, can, can go a long way. Great. Well, uh, another great episode. Hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, we are excited to continue this podcast. Again, the more you like, subscribe, and comment, uh, the more value we can bring to our listeners. Yeah, thanks, everyone. See you next time. Take care. Bye. Tradewinds LLC is an investment advisory firm that is registered with the Securities Exchange Commission. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Tradewinds will not accept trade offers online and any such request, orders, or instructions that you send will not be accepted and will not be processed. This presentation has been provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal, tax, or investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security or strategy. The investment strategy and themes discussed herein may be unsuitable for investors depending on their specific investment objectives and financial situation. Information obtained from third-party sources is believed to be reliable, though its accuracy is not guaranteed. Opinions expressed in this commentary reflect subjective judgments of the author based on conditions at the time of the publication and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results.